Alrighty, here we go. Uh, this is episode two with uh, Chris from Plum with Pup, um, and I am your host, and this is my co-host, um, Patrick Caldo from Aussie Apprentice. This is episode two, boys and girls and people between. <laughs> Welcome on board. Whoever they are listening. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, um, I just want to say, uh, first episode... Smashed it out of the ballpark, Chris. We we killed it, you know. Um, for two plebs that have no idea how a podcast works, somehow we did it, you know. So I'm happy as Larry. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I, I think it went great. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited for what this one may bring or whatever. And we'll uh, we'll take it from there, you know. So, Hell yeah. But, no. uh, yeah, we smashed the first one. And uh, we got into a lot of different things. And, you know, I think we'll uh, we'll condense it now to more some uh, some uh, more specific things instead of broader things, and uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully learn a little bit a little bit more about each other, and you know, teach some uh, or hopefully somebody can learn something off of somebody else's experience in this episode. Fantastic! No, I love it. That's good. Um, look, I I wrote a question down last episode that I want that I've been waiting a while to ask you. Um, because I know that you've been to several companies, at least, that you've worked at. Um, I don't know the exact number, um, and I don't know what happened at each of them. I just know that, you know, you're, you're happy where you are now, and you're just smashing it. Like, you know, you get good sales, you're doing a good job, like you're, you're a great plumber. Um, but my question is this, is like, how many companies have you actually worked for? So, um, the first company I was at, I was there for... Uh, just about a year um the second company i was there for like a year and three quarters something a year and a half something like that um then i had uh i had a three almost three and a half year stint at another company yeah then i was at a company for uh three and a half days yep um, then I was at a company for about a year and now I'm at a company for, uh, we're going on close to three years now. Yeah. So Ripper. this is actually my sixth company, uh, working. So, Fantastic. um, I bounce around more than a lot of people. Um, but you know, as long as you have a story behind why you bounce around, um, yeah, that's right. and, yep. and the story kind of favors you, yep. um, yep you know, you'll, you'll, it'll be good kind of thing. Look, it's, it's a good, it, that's a really good point to make because like, you know, I, I know a lot of blokes and, and women as well that have jumped from company to company that have gone from, you know, whether it be like a, a mum and pop business, like, you know, it's just, you know, mum and dad, they've been running the job and they've been there for 10 years and it's just the one bloke and they've been an apprentice or whatever. Um, and you know, for whatever reason they've left or they wanted different opportunities. I've known guys that have done three months at one company and left to a massive like company of like, you know, they went from a company of two blokes to a company of like 250 blokes because they're like, oh, I want to have a hand at like the commercial industrial side of it. And that's fine as well. Like, you know, that's not an issue, but like, you know, the biggest thing is like, and I've, I've spoken to a few other apprentices around Australia, not as much America, but definitely New Zealand as well was like, a lot of them tend to go, hey, like, you know, I'm not, you know, comfortable where I am or I'm not confident in me learning what I'm supposed to learn at this company. 
or I'm not getting the right sort of fulfillment or, you know, any number of X, Y, Z reasons. But like exactly like you said, Chris, you know, sometimes there's people that, you know, you need to leave a certain business, you know, you yeah. Know, yeah, and you need to, you need to have that realization. Like I was on the phone to a, a mate of mine yesterday and she was saying that, you know, totally different industry, but she was at a company that's um, in marketing. Um, they run a very large magazine in Australia and, um, and she was saying that she's very unhappy with where she is, you know, there's poor management, there's poor, um, you know, there's no real guidelines, people, there's a lot of like bickering between, com- like, you know, between people at the business. And she said, I don't know what I, what I really want to do. Like, you know, what? how do I even deal with this? And I was like, look, you know, you need to really make that, um, that assertion, assertion, you need to yeah. ascertain, <laughs> you need to ascertain exactly like what you want to get out of it and like whether or not you want to be here for the long term. Like she's been there for 10 years. So that's like... It's not a, that's not a short amount of time. Now we're both, she's 25 and I'm 26. So she's been working there since she was 20, since she was 15 and she's been working a butt off and, you know, this company has just been sort of ripping her. And like, I suppose, you know, the biggest thing that it comes down to is communication on both parts. Like, you know, whether or not the company is being totally transparent with you is a big part of it. And also if you're being transparent with them, that can be an, an, an affect the issue. But like in your words, Chris, do you like what do you think is the biggest undoing of a company when it comes to retaining employees um most of the time it comes down to in my opinion uh respect and money okay yep. um that's usually it and you know, looking back at, at some of the times when I was at other companies, like I can see their point right now, right? But I, it was the best decision for me to move when I moved at the yeah. time. Yeah. So, you know, and, and to be fair, the, the first company that I was at was a company that uh, I was actually let go from. Yeah, and every company from there, I was the one that made the decision to leave. Yeah. So you know, the first company, you know, it was, it was my first year, and you know, you guys do apprenticeships a lot differently than how we do them. So like, yeah, I can be an apprentice plumber, and we just call them helpers for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I could be a helper and just show up to a guy's doorstep and he hires me. There's no like. There's no schooling. There's no nothing. It's either you just learn it on the job site and you make yep. it or you don't kind of thing. And that's the end um, of it, basically. Yeah. And that's right. And then that's it. So the first company I was at, like, you know, we kind of touched on this the last time was I was, I, I was, it was just a job to me. You know what I mean? It wasn't a career path or anything like that. Like I kind of wanted to do plumbing, but I didn't really know if I was, if my heart was fully in it kind of thing. Yep. Yep. And when, when I was like, go from there, like, you know, he put my, my boss at the time kind of put this really like unrealistic goal uh, towards me, which is, you know, you should be out in your own truck after a year. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like I was working with a guy that didn't speak a whole lot of good English. He was a good plumber. He wasn't, he wasn't anything that I, that was really great, but he was a good plumber. Um, yep. And actually, 
you know, when I was let go, he, my boss was actually downsizing. So I was oh. the fat that he cut. Yep. Um, yep. So, and ironically now, you know, I saw him probably a few years ago and he's seen where I've gone and he's like, so what if I offered you this? And I laughed at the number that he gave me. <laughs> I, I just, I was just like, you gotta be, you, you don't know what you're dealing with. And then ironically, a few months or years later, another guy that I worked for at the second company, he gave me a number that was even less than what the other guy gave me. Yeah. And I just said, there's, I, I, I need a job, but I don't need a job that bad. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, definitely. Yep. So, um, the first company was a wash. It was my first year. I got my, I got my kind of my hands dirty and I thought I was further along than what I actually was. Yeah. Um, the second company that I went to, I was, I was doing good and I've, I worked with the best mechanic I've ever worked with in my entire life. Um, his name is John Drew. He he owns a company in Florida called Horizon West Plumbing. And um, he was the best plumber I have ever worked with. He was very anal, but he taught me a lot of like things that like I texted him a few months ago and I said, thank you for being such an asshole to me because like now I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How did and, and he goes, I, you know, he, he said, and, and I mentioned another guy in my la- in the last podcast, which was this guy, Dan Shillow. John rode both of us really hard because I think he saw a lot of potential in the two of us. Um, and thank, I'm very thankful to both of them because Dan is, is a confidant of mine in the plumbing trade. And, um, you know, John is still like, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's, he's a good buddy of mine that I, I rely on for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but that second company, like it, something happened and they only saw me as I was going to be a good office worker for them. And that yeah. wasn't my goal. So they threw me in the office and it, really what happened was it came down to it one day. I, I was in the office for like a month, right? Yeah. And yeah. the office work that they were giving me was bullshit and I wanted to be out in the field. And so I went into my boss's office and I said to him, you know, it's been a month, you know, you said you would put me back out in the field. When am I, when am I going back out in the field? And he said, I'll put you back out in the field when I want you back out in the field. And if you don't like it, you can leave your keys on the desk and walk right right out the door. (laughs) And so, and he, he slammed the door behind him and they found my keys on the desk and I was gone. (laughs) I was gone. They were, they were like, where's Chris? I, I was gone. You know, one guy called me. He's like, hey, are you coming in today? I was like, no, I quit. I'm done. So um, now, after that, then, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, just um, uh, I reckon I've heard of, uh, like a part of this story before from you is that like <clears throat> you you left. Uh, if it's the same story that I'm thinking it is, you, you left at this date. And when you spoke to a couple of the other the techs or the plumbers that were at the company, uh, it, did some of those other blokes leave at the same time or what ended up happening there? Um, there was, um, 
there was like a fission where eventually the company broke apart and like another company acquired them. And then the original few went out and they started their own kind of business kind of thing. And yeah, so yeah, they technically left and they were under a different guy's management kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yes, the, it was it was all within a year or so of that. It was kind of the the beginning of the end in a sense, wasn't it? Hey. Yeah, like I saw the writing on the wall at that point, and I wasn't gonna again, like, like I blocked that guy on Facebook. Like I'm not friends <laughs> with him on Facebook yeah. because of how poorly he treated me. Yeah, and yeah. like, so I want to get my license just to show him, like, hey you know, I'm a master plumber, you know, f- fuck you kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but the, the third company is really when I, I kind of like a lot of guys kind of left right around that time that I left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. which was, I was there for three years. We were doing commercial service in New York city. I was there for yeah. probably three and a half years something like that. And, uh, we were doing commercial service in New York city. I had been busting my ass for this company. I was, I was working seven days a week, 24 seven on call. Yeah. Um, yep. I did, I did a lot for them and yep. you know, there was a Christmas where I was supposed to get a bonus and I didn't get anything. And mm. I had, I had worked my dick off yeah. for that, that past year. And I said to them, I said, well, what, what happened? And they're like, well, you had a few callbacks. I was like, okay, when were you going to tell me about these callbacks and not, you know, on Christmas when I'm looking for a check that's supposed to have some money in it? You know what I mean? Uh, what a joke. So that was the beginning of the end of that. And then I left and then, yeah, there were a few guys, there were actually probably four or five guys that ended up going to the union um, yep. after that. and then you know, one of the guys that I had major issues with, um, he, he ended up leaving recent within the last two years or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So then I was at a company and we were, you know, it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but it was a job and it was okay. Like, yep. Um, one of the funny stories from that, from that one was, um, I, I go to, so it was, we were actually part of a union, right? Yep. And I yeah. go to I go to a union meeting and they hired me at, at a really low rate and yeah, okay. I was out I was outperforming everybody at the company. So just quickly, I just want to interject. I've heard um so there's obviously conflict there's 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 a bunch of different unions in 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 America. Like, you know, they've got the local thirty five or whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever seventy eight, you know, there's all the different obviously different like states and counties and that that sort of thing and like I've heard like it's conflicting reports. So like in Australia, if you're part of the union, you tend to have like an enterprise bargaining agreement at the company that you're working for tends to be that you get a higher pay rate than the other blokes that, you know, may or may not be. Um, I know a lot of the mills in Mount Gambier, where I'm originally from, there tends to be a lot of blokes that, um, you know, the union, look, it's different for where you are. You know, there's, there's the CFMEU, there's the um, CE. PU, which is the electrical plumbers, excuse me, yeah. union. Um, but the C, I think the CFMEU is like construction, forestry, something or other. Anyway, they're mining and everything. So that, they're the biggest. They're like they're yeah. the big boys in the block. And it tends to be that like these companies like um, that are represented by the union tend to be that these other blokes tend to get way get a better pay than 
companies that aren't unionized in a sense. So you don't have to like obviously go into heaps of detail, but like was there a reason like, you know, if you were to work in another company around like where you were as opposed to that unionized company, was there a reason why that money was different or so was there, it different? There, there's a lot of there's a lot of unions uh, in New York City and then Long Island, especially in New York City, but certainly on Long Island. Yep. And then there are like the IBEW is the okay. uh, Electrical uh, Brothers and Sisters uh, Union. Um, and they are um, like nationwide or worldwide or something like that. Yeah. So okay. all, the, all the numbers don't really matter until you're in your local, right? So yeah. if, I'm lo- if I'm local one plumbers, in California, it could be like local 73. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yep. So it, it, it all depends. But um, the company that I worked for actually created it, it's, it's the difference is enormous. So, like, yeah, okay. When, when, when there are people that unionize, right? They are creating something better for themselves. And then the companies, have to abide by what the, or the customers or the companies have to abide by what the local is letting you do. And again, if there are any union guys, like I'm not a union guy. So if I'm, if I'm explaining this wrong, I apologize, but yeah, of course. From what, from what I understand is all those companies have to abide by the union and then the union sets the rates and the wages and all that. And and so on and so forth. Yeah, um, yep. but usually it's it's the union is formed by a bunch of workers coming together and creating a union, and then if other companies want to use those workers, you know, this is their rate kind of thing. Yeah, that them's the break so, sort of thing. Like that's the rate yeah. kind of thing. And if yeah. you're if you're if you're part of the union, right? You could work for this company and then get laid off and go back to the union then go work for another company, come back. But you're all under union wages and rates and stuff like that. Yeah. So, okay. But yep. the company yep. the company that I was at, they were growing so fast that they knew that people were going to unionize at some point because it would be crazy not to. So they yep. created, the company created a union that, would essentially act as we're fighting for you, but it's really like the company is determining what you're getting you get paid. paid basically. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's really, yeah. it's really backwards in in a lot of ways. So, so they're, they're more or less taking advantage of it in a sense, like they're, they're yeah. taking advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They saw Sorry, it, they saw it coming down the line, and they said we're not gonna we're not gonna you know. Uh, bend the knee to the union we'll just create our own union and control it ourselves kind of thing yeah and it's really it's really not fair in a lot of ways i mean they do a lot of good but they it's really not fair anyway that i was yeah that company that i was at though i was getting i was getting underpaid so like they had something crazy it was like it was like five thousand dollars a week they wanted you to do right and I was doing like seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a week. Yeah, and there were there were massive. guys that were doing there were guys that were doing like two hundred dollars a day, you know. And we only had like yeah. five or six guys. 
So I really like, I was really outperforming the whole thing. Yeah. And I, so we go to this union meeting and we're talking about wages and I flipped right to the wages page and I saw my rate and what I was identified as. Yeah. And they, they essentially identified me as a, like a C mechanic. So there were three, there were three levels above me. There was B mechanic, A mechanic, and then lead mechanic. Okay. And, and I was getting paid C mechanic rates, which is just a little bit more than the helper that was with me was oh. getting paid. And he was a D mechanic rate. And you and were doing he, like nine grand a week. I was doing, uh, I, I was doing a lot more. I was comparatively, yeah. I was doing like a thousand dollars a day and some guys were doing three or $400 a day. Yeah. So of. big, big, big difference. Big difference. Big difference. Right. Yeah. So I'm at the union meeting and I, and I see it. And I go to the union rep and I go, are these wa- wages correct? Like these are the current wages. Yeah. And he said, yes. And I said, I will see you when I see you. And I left the meeting. Right. <laughs> and people, people like all the guys in the room were like, what's, what's going on. I drove back to my shop and my boss was there. I said, this is bullshit. Okay. If you want to keep me, Right. And all the number, and I, he had the numbers like behind him and all the numbers that I do compared to everybody else. Yeah. Right, I need a check today. Yeah. Right. And, yep. and they said, well, you know, I can't pay you that much. I was like, I quit. I'm done. I, I quit. Fuck you. Yeah, see you later. I get a call from like one of the higher, much higher ups and like a guy that I've only seen once kind of thing. Yeah. Yep, yep. He goes, if, if this happened in November, he goes, we'll retro, we'll, we'll retroactively pay you back to like July, and it, oh, he wow. cut me, a, he cut me a check for like nine thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so I stayed, and then I was, and then the pandemic hit, and they laid us all off, and then I was sitting around for three months. I had gained like fifty pounds. I wasn't working. I was fat as fuck. I was drinking every day. I was gambling every day. Like I was, I was a yeah. mess. Yeah. And, yeah. and a buddy of mine reached out and said, Hey, listen, they're not bringing your department back. So you might as well find another job now. So I, yeah. I reached out to my boss and said, I quit. Like I need, I need to grab my tools and go. Yeah. And this other guy, the current guy that I'm with hired me and um, that's about it. But actually, the, yeah. in between that union company and the company that I was at for three years, I was at a I was at a company for three three days basically. Oh, <laughs> I was there for three days, and this is what happened. I I get to the company, and the company had a very clear drug pro- problem. Right? Yeah. Now, yeah. There's really like I have nothing against people doing drugs. I just have people. I, I I'm I'm against people doing like hard shit at work. Like if you're a little high, yeah, yeah. Like it is what it is. But like, yeah. If you need, if you when need it becomes keep... dangerous, it's an issue in that. Like you know yeah. where they well, like you know responsible for your safety or whatever. It's like nah, like I pull the pin here. Like that's yeah. fucked. Like if you're on PCP at work, right? <laughs> I'm probably not gonna. I'm I'm probably not gonna want to work with you. 
And so we, I met this guy who was going to be my lead mechanic and I was going to be under him and he was going to teach me so on and so forth. And we get to this job on the fourth day and we're supposed to cut out this cast iron stack going up through the second floor. Yeah. And it's already cut up there. So all we have to do is lop it off at the bottom. And once we lop it off at the bottom, that is when, you know, it's all going to fall and, and, and we're going to have to catch it or, or break it apart or so on and so forth. Yeah. Yep, yep. He goes, he goes, I'll be back in a minute. So I'm waiting for him, waiting for him. It's now five minutes have gone by. Yeah. I go and I look out the back door and he's smoking crack like in the back. <laughs> of the You're fucking joking. No, he was no smoking, way. He was smoking crack in the back of the truck. And, <laughs> and I said, fuck that. So I didn't even go to him. I called an Uber, right? And I went to the helper and I said, this ain't it, right? You're coming and with so, me. Uh, no, no, no. He stayed. I left him there because the helper, the helper, like, had been there for, like, two years or something like that. Uh, so and he I knew just, what the guy was. I, I think he knew. You know what I mean? And he knew the deal. And I was like, I'm not with the deal. Nah, you know what I mean? that's, that. that's so backwards. So I, I, I left and I get a phone call from um, the, like, office manager, wife of the owner or something like that. And she's she's cursing me out, and like you're kidding. To, to be fair, like I was like I was like I understand, but I can't work here, right? Yeah, it's and, not safe. No, and she was like, well, "What you know, you know, we scheduled all this work. We we ha- we brought you on this and that. We're paying you X amount of money, blah blah blah, whatever." Yeah. yeah, and and you know, she was getting me really riled up, and and the Uber driver, like I had just laid out the whole thing to him about the guy smoking crack, right? And he's like, he's like, bro, this woman's crazy. You know what I mean? And like, he's in the rearview mirror. I have her on speakerphone. He's in the rearview mirror like, bro, what? You know, he's, he's going like, what, what's going on? So I, and I said, you know, and I was, I was just apologizing. I was, I was just, I wanted no part of it. And she kept kind of digging at me. And I yeah, said, yeah. I said, well, why is your why is your lead employee smoking crack when we're supposed to be doing some fucking plumbing, right? And she goes, she goes, oh yeah, he does that. And I go, no, 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 no. no, no, no. She no. did not. I, I go, I go, no, he doesn't do that, or he does that, but I'm gone. Like that's, uh, that's see you later. Don't yeah. worry about it. So, so, and the funny the the thing was, I was so dirt poor at that moment that like. I had um, the the Uber cost me like forty five dollars. I had like five dollars in my account. I, I like, out. yeah, I was like not in a good spot. But yeah, um, yeah, I was like, I'd rather I'd rather be negatively poor than work for that company. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's about your morals, like you know. It's just like I've oh man. I look to be honest. I haven't heard of anybody smoking crack at work before. But yeah. I wouldn't put it past some of the blokes that I've come across. Look, it's 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 cooked, man. Like you got to be so careful as well. Like, you know, if somebody if somebody does coke on the weekend, whatever. Like, if they're good by Monday, that's all that matters, you know. Like, and it, I'm not going to judge anybody for what they do on the weekend. If you've smoked weed on like a Saturday and it's bloody Thursday or whatever, and you know, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. But at the same time, like you know, don't let it affect you at work. 
This yeah. is the mentality that like, you know, um, I've heard from a lot of different um, business owners as well. Like, and even my dad, like, you know, they, they run a, a very successful like trucking business. And he said to his employees, he's like, look, whatever you do on the weekend, that's fine. That's up to you. That is your weekend. That's fine. You know, I don't give, I don't give a shit. But at the same time, do not be under the influence of drugs at my work and do not be in, under the influence of alcohol at my work. Otherwise, you are gone. You know, there right. is no question about it. Like, it's and just fucking there is. That's incredibly fair too. You know of course what I mean? it is. Of course but, it is. You know, and it's, it's more than fair as well. Like, you know, a lot of businesses tend to go, you know what, there's, there's a zero tolerance. And, yeah. and and it's not unreasonable as well. Like, you know, if you've got blokes that are, or, or, or women obviously as well, it's just that are like that are sort of taking the mickey a bit and they're sort of doing a bit more than what they should, you sort of go, well, you know, should they really be on this payroll? Probably yeah. not. You know, like old mate that was smoking crack at the back of the van, grow up, man. Like, get yeah. a life. Like, are you he serious? Had, you know? He had this weird schedule where he worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that was it. <laughs> You're kidding. Did he really? So he had, yeah, he worked like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. And I, I was like, I was like, wow, he must be just really good. And he, I'm sure he makes a lot of money when I first met him. And then I realized I was like, he goes on four day benders every fucking week. You know, that's all he does. You know, and, and when it goes like coming back to the coming back to the drug thing, like yeah. a lot of the stuff that that the only thing that I understand, I don't, I, I've never done it, right? But like, if you need a key bump in the morning to get yourself going, I, I get that. I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. It's fair. You know what it's I mean? fine, man. It's fair. It's fine, right? But if you if you need a key bump every hour on the hour and we're working, that's not something's going. Just, something's going wrong. Yeah, you're 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 done. You know what I mean at that point. Yeah. So if you need if you need to get going or if you needed to keep sustaining it and there aren't like I don't know anybody that does it but I can I can understand it if that was the case you know what I mean yeah yeah and yeah, then there absolutely. there are a lot of guys like there are a lot of guys that will smoke weed once they get into their car when they're driving home like I don't condone you know people nah, you know, smoking and driving or whatever. But I understand, like they they want to try to take the edge off at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, kind of and look that that's fine, you know, like that's not unreasonable. But like I suppose, at the same time, it's like the issue that where it becomes an issue is where it affects you at work, yeah. and also is where it affects other people as well. Um, you know, if you like old mate, he's going on a four day bender. He comes back. He probably doesn't even know how to fucking calculate an offset by the end of it. Like he comes back Monday and he's like, uh, "Chris, can you um, can you go get me a couple of?" Well, he was he was he was like dilly dallying with me, and I'm like I'm like I don't want to dilly dally with this shit. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I guess for three days he's on. So like from Friday Sat, I get I guess what it was Friday Saturday and Sunday he was doing his thing, and then Monday he was recovering. Yeah, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he was working, but back at it on Friday, kind of thing. Yeah, yep. But, yep. but I guess that was his bender. But you know, at, th- at Thursday or Wednesday or Tuesday, yeah. when you're at work and you're smoking crack, and we're supposed to be taking out, we're supposed to be taking out fucking 
20 feet of five inch of six inch cast iron out of this fucking apartment complex. That'd be like, I want, I want to be hundreds of of pounds. It'd be so heavy. And like, this is the issue is like, this is where accidents happen. Like, you know, people don't get it. Like, look, I've fallen through two roofs. I've stabbed myself in the leg with a broken basin, like porcelain, like ceramic from a basin. I had to get like six stitches. I have got a Stanley knife in like a blade snap off and get me in the eye. I've had ish, like, you know, injury after injury. And I'm sure you're the same, you know, like we hurt ourselves, right? Yeah. That's us being careful. Like this is what people don't get is like accidents happen. You well, try to mitigate it as best as possible. But Well, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you try to be careful. And then sometimes yeah. you're just a fuck with like Joey <laughs> cut his finger off. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god i will never let that bloke live that down i swear to god you know every day like he's he's roof plumbing like he's he's a roofer for four years he becomes a tradesman first day cuts his finger grow up joseph ohayan if you hear this podcast i really hope you do (laughs) you oh just fucking tag him in this like geez dude (laughs) Like, listen, you know, he's, he's, you know, I'll, I'll give him this. He's, a, you know, not, not to be weird. He's a good looking bloke, but fuck, <laughs> dude, like, how do you, how do you become fucking nine fingered Timmy over there? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nine fucking, figured Joey. Nine foot, nine figured Joey. Like he, his, his Instagram handle is Joey seven, seven, seven. He should be Joey nines. You know, after, after fucking age, dude. you know, like. Like, come on, you got you got to at least play with it at that point. You know oh I mean? like, man, I I lost it when that happened. I like I messaged him straight away. I was like, "What the fuck have you done to yourself?" He's like, "Oh, you know, yeah, and nah, yeah, it happens. Cut me finger, right? It happens." I'm like, "Man, like, look, it, it does, it does." I'm not gonna, but still, you can be. Look, I know a lot of blokes that that plumb like buggery, and they they work their ass off, and that's fine. But it's the point where it's dangerous. You know, I see this bloke driving around um, around Gawler, which is where I live. <clears throat> it's a small town, or small town. Adelaide's got like one point two, one point three million people in the actual town, like the the city. Gawler has like I think it's from memory it's like 25 or 35 or something thousand people it's small it's in the barossa valley it's like a wine region sweet as there's a bloke that lives up i'm presuming up north of gawler because he's uh williston plumbing i think williston or hewitt plumbing i don't know anyway he does the the government changeovers of electrical hot water units uh from an electric like you know like storage tank to a heat excuse me a heat pump and like right. it's look, they the government give you all the com- the companies that the government subtract to a subcontract to give you like I think it's three hundred bucks for a hottie changeover, right. a good storage to storage to heat pump changeover could if you're quick maybe maybe an hour and a half, but if the job's a little bit cooked and you need to do run run new relief lines and that could be three hours could be four hours depending on how much pain it is you know to get in the back of the region or whatever like in the back of the house or whatever this bloke's out there i see him drive out almost every morning with like six 
five, you know, hot water units and like new new heat pumps and tanks in the back of his trailer and off he goes, off in the distance. And I know full well for him to make money that's actually going to be better than just paying wages, like getting being on the wages, he's going to be working like buggery. And I just think, nah, it's just dealing with electrical, dealing with like old electrical units, lifting hotties in the back of the like the, the ute and the van or whatever, doesn't matter. He's 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 putting himself at in harm's risk just for, you know, look, everyone's gonna make money, but he's gotta be safe with it. Like and it's it's a bit yeah. worrying, you know, like and I see that and I think God, like it's just deadly. You gotta be you gotta be hell careful though. But you gotta yeah, I mean you, there there is like we can laugh at like buddies getting, you know, somewhat hurt or whatever and so on and so forth but in all reality right you you know there's a certain level of professionalism that you have to keep with each other let alone on the job sites themselves yeah and like i'm not i'm not going to sugarcoat it i've been known to do cowboy shit before where you know i'll walk like i i had an instance this was probably a year it's probably two years ago now um yeah I walked into a basement. They had uh, a foot of water, stagnant, um, stagnant water uh, in their basement. Oh wow! Um, and it was all crap. So oh. it was all wastewater. And what had happened was it was in this really bad part of of town. Um, yeah. And his basement was basically acting as, as his cesspool. So for, for like a year or something like that. And I went over and I got the drain cleared and so on and so forth. And he still like, he was still using it and he had a cracked waistline and I gave him a price and he was like, no, you know, if, if some of it goes down the drain or if some of it goes in the basement, it doesn't matter. I get back to the shop. I got completely reamed out for it because I was walking in a basement where I didn't know if there was a live electrical, like, that entire basement could have been charged. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was it. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, there's sometimes where, you know, you're kind of logically being a cowboy and you're going to go and do whatever. Right. And then there are some times when, you know, you just have to take a step back and, and, you know, yeah. And it never, it never helps when the customer is going crazy because, you know, their house is getting flooded. And then yeah. you're trying to be the savior in order to try to get them, you know, back up and running or whatever. But there's got to be a point where you kind of take a step back and and kind of realize like what could happen if you if you do yeah. whatever you're gonna do, kind of. Thing. If if things go wrong, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? You really got to think about that in every sense and like every scenario. You're like. And like I genuinely think about it when I'm doing jobs because I've 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 injured myself before and like I think like what <clears throat> what 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 is the worst that can happen right now? Well, I'm cutting a tile with um you know a diamond blade on my angle grinder, and you know should I have a guard on my angle grinder? Should I have dust extraction on my angle grinder? Should I be wearing safety glasses? Should I be wearing hearing protection? Look, we've all done it. Use a grinder without a guard. No hearing. No eyeglass protection it's fine you know and you just oh it's just a quick cut as soon as you get something in your eye that's done like you know as much as like i'm probably over over sensationalizing it but like at the same time you've really got to think like what is the worst thing that can happen to me right now 
and what are they gonna what are they gonna what are the repercussions gonna be? Because you go, oh shit, you know, oh and I've lost an eye. Have you? Yeah. You know, like Yeah, I mean uh, like I, I I think you're right. I mean, you know, like now, like when I was younger, I was I was really a cowboy and I was running a jackhammer without any hearing or any, yeah. any eye protection, you know, any gloves or anything like that. And I was just trying to get the work done. And that's you know, again, it's it's a lot like, you know, that's how a lot of old school guys did it as well. You know what I mean? So you're trying to learn yeah. from them. Um, but now I have glasses in the truck. I have ear protection in the truck. I have, um, you know, I, I, I can't use a grinder without a guard on it. I don't know yeah. how people do it and feel comfortable doing it kind of thing. You That's know right. I mean? Because it's, you've got to be like, you've got to be very wary about it in the sense that you think like, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, we escape literally. And I know this is probably a very nice term, but like, we escape death on the reg. You know, we, we do dangerous stuff. We deal with gas. We deal with high-pressure water. We deal with high-pressure pressure gas. gas, And, um, and like, a, a electrical and that. Like, you've got to be so wary of that sort of stuff because in an instant, gone. There goes Chris. There goes Patty. Like, that's that's the end of them, you know, because otherwise it's, it's really about, like, mitica- mitigating risk. Because otherwise, it's like um, you know, for whatever reason, it's like I don't know. It's hard. Like you, you've got to be so careful at times, and like a lot of people tend to just treat it as if it's like, oh, I'm invincible. You know, young blokes right. like you and I are both the exact same. We're young, invincible, and you only you only really have a chat to these you know fifty, sixty year old plumbers to know like. Their backs are cooked, their knees are done, you know, they've got carpal tunnel or they've got arthritis or, you know, they've got lead inhalation or they've, you know, any number of issues. And it's like, oh, you know, don't worry about old Pete. He's cooked from 40 years of plumbing. Well, yeah. should he? Should he have to be though? Like that's the, that's, that's all really, like that, that's the actual question that we ought to think. Like, you know, it, when, when I was a first year, OHS, like occupational health and safety was drilled into me at TAFE, like our tertiary education trade school. They're like, whatever you do, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Next three years, don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, they don't, they don't even say boo because they're just like, oh, it is what it is. You know, like they treat it as if it's like, um, you know, it's not. I don't know. Everyone thinks it's unlikely to happen until it happens. You know, like right. they go, it's an oh shit, it's an oh shit moment. Like I've gone to the yeah. hospital before. I'm and I, I have the the only. The only, I think the only hospital story that I have from plumbing is really <laughs> sad because I, oh, I was, oh, no. I was, I just did something <laughs> stupid. I was in a, I was in a uh, medical office at the company that, that we did commercial service for. Yeah. And it was late in the day and I had been working my ass off and I just didn't think that the, and it had never happened to me before, let alone yeah. Like, did I think it was going to be able to happen? But basically, the the cartridge I was trying to pull out of the hot side of the faucet was like vacuumed in, so I shut the valve oh. off underneath, and the water yeah. oh, the water vacuum was almost holding it in. So I'm yep. ripping on this thing, trying to get it up, and and I had my channel locks on it, and it had a brass like stem where the where the handle went on to. Oh no! And 
And I yank on it, and it finally goes, but I didn't have the recoil, and it went bang. And so I have this scar. I have this scar on my head right now because I had had to go to the hospital from there. And and the hospital was, like, around the block or something like that. But I had plastic surgery to, to get it done. And um, I got it. I had a talking to when I got back. They were like, "Oh, you got to remove the the supply line and drain the water out, and then this will never happen again." It hasn't happened since, and I haven't removed any supply lines, and that's been fine. So I think it yeah, was just, that's right. I, I think it was just stuck in there pretty good. It was a, it was yeah. an overreach, and boom, it you know something happened to me, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know exactly what you're talking about because like I had the exact same thing. Well, not exact same, but like very similar thing happened to me. It's like something that you never expect to go wrong, right? That's right. that's what happens like every time is like going back to the Stanley Knife story. Like I was there, you know, around like you guys, have you guys got breaches like hot and cold taps individual in a shower? Have you got that or is it most of them tend to be mixes sort of thing like Moen or not Moen or whatever the name of the brand is or whatever? No, we, we come across it where there's hot and cold and then there's a diverter where it either goes up or down um, yeah. or it's yeah. just hot and cold, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of homes in Australia – especially South Australia is a big one for it. It's like hot and cold for the shower, goes up to the rose and then comes out. That's your shower head. Hot and cold for the bath and the bath spout is up the guts of it and it just goes, comes out in a little spout, you know, a a 150 or 200 mil, you know, six six inches or whatever deep uh, spout. That's it. They're they're separate. But like, you know, you have these, these, these spindles with these tap handles on them. And they're a jumper washer valve, like that's, you know, you probably know what I'm talking about, like you wind it in essentially. Yeah. Anyway, behind the flange of these of these taps is like, you know, you always have to silicon it because if any water gets behind by the shower, you know, inadvertently leaking or by you standing in the shower and rinsing a bit of water against the wall, that water goes down behind the tap it rots away the inside of the wall. If it's brick veneer, the gyp rock or the, the, the cement sheet is just going to soak up all of that and then the tiles pop and they crack. If it's brick, you know, double brick or whatever, like a brick mortar mix or whatever, that water again gets in there, pops it off the wall and you're gone. You know, that's that it done. Like that's the that's a new bathroom. Like because all the, the waterproofing A is either not there to begin with and needs to be, you know, instated or B, the waterproofing has totally failed because like too much water has gotten in actually behind it. Because, you know, these a lot of these tilers, like they won't waterproof properly around the the water, like the, the breach. And as a result, like the water just gets in and then cooks it. Anyway, way too much backstory. But <laughs> there's this, you put silicon around these, behind these flanges, around the spindle, you know, like it's just sticking out the wall, a bit of brass, silicon it up. Wipe it off with a bit of soapy water, and then you and then you're good, you know. And I was yeah. there. I was like, I was doing this one around the corner from my house. It was ten minutes from my house, right? Last job of the day. I'm there, you know, lovely couple. It was a private client, you know, not not real estate or anything. And I was like, oh look, I've just I'll I'll put some new taps in there for you. I'll make sure to reseat the breacher, and I'll put a new shower head on. And you guys will be laughing, and I can change that kitchen mixer later on. They're like, yeah, yeah, cool, no worries. I was like, I'll turn your water off. Done. Anyway, I'm in there. I've got this Stanley knife, and I won't. Rem- I won't ever forget it. It's a Fiskars, that brand, that Swedish brand. It's yeah, a thick yeah, blade, yeah. and I'm there, and I've stuck it out. It's only like one tiny blade length, like the tiniest little bit edge out, and I'm turning it around the corner, trying to like crack out this this silicon to cut it out, so I can put new like put new spindles in there. 
And because it was too tight anyway to get the other ones out. And I'm like, bang, 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 crack. And this blade of the Stanley knife breaks off the, the knife, flings up, gets me just in the left of my cornea. I was oh. like, oh, shit. I thought it yeah. just hit me in the eye with my eye closed for some reason. I stood up and like within two seconds of standing up, my left eye, I couldn't see anything out of. It was really blurry. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's, that's really weird. And I was like, I was so totally calm about it and I shouldn't have been, but I, I stood up, walked in front of the vanity, looked in the mirror. I was like, oh, I looked up really close. I was like, my eyes bleeding like really badly. I was like, what the, f- oh, you know, this is not good. Anyway, I like, I dabbed at my eye. I put like both the spindles back and tightened them up and turned them off because I was like, I'm not dealing with this. I walked back out. I was like, hey. <laughs> and it was the most, the calmest I've ever been with any customer in my entire life. I was like, just want to let you guys know, like they were a young couple, like me and my partner, like they were 25, 26 or something. I was like, hey, just so you know, I've just cut my eye in your bathroom. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah. I'm okay though. Like it's to the left of where the where my eye looks out. So I think I'm okay. I was like, I'm gonna finish putting your taps back together, and then I'm gonna go to the hospital. <laughs> They're like, Are you sure? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do this to turn the water back on anyway. Like, it'll take me two seconds, and it's not like it's gonna make a difference. So I went, did it, put them back in, done, and uh, and I said, See you later. Went to the hospital that was like five minutes from me, and I tell you what, there were more people than like you know. It was just, it was humongous. Like there were so many people at this hospital around the corner, like two minutes from me. I was like, bugger that. I'm driving to the one in Gawler, which was like 10 minutes away. So I'm driving one hand over my eye. I was like, oh, it's fine. You know, whatever. I could still see like, I, you know, it, but I was just like, bugger it. I'll just get up there, have a look. Got to the hospital and they're like, oh yeah. Like they put uh, eye drops in. Yeah. I was sitting, I'm not even kidding. I was sitting inside the waiting room for like four hours. They're oh. like, oh you should be right. Like, and I had COVID like a week before. So they're like, you need to be in the isolation area. I was like, oh, oh okay. It's like, whatever, man. Like, and anyway, I like roll in and eventually they put the drops in my eye, like the dye, they checked. They're like, look, you'll be right. You just need to take these antibiotics and any inflammatories. And then, you know, it'll just heal itself. You haven't done any permanent damage. I was like, thank Christ. But like, this comes back to the whole thing of like, it happens when you least expect it. Who thinks a Stanley knife is going to break and get you in the eye, you know? And like the, my boss was like, how the hell did that happen? Like he wasn't (laughs) mean or anything. He was just like, what the, (laughs) he's like, who, who would have ever picked that to happen? I was like, yeah, I know it's, it's cooked. eh?" And he's like, look, just get, you know, get yourself better. You'd be right. Like, you know, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, and look, I've, yeah, like I said before, I've had heaps of injuries. You and I have both had injuries and it's just like, it's par for the course, but it's also like, you know, it takes those to really make us realize, hey, A, we're not invincible, and B, maybe we should slow down just a touch. Like, just have a yeah, bit of breather before we do things. The only <laughs> thing I'll say with that is, like, you're, you're not going to, like, I'm never going to put on a pair of gloves and glasses and ear protection and a mask, Right just for everything that you do exactly you know what i mean that's right so like you can try to take as many precautions as you can and like i have glasses that look like they're just normal like everyday glasses 
Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're actually safety glasses. Like actually yeah. the the hat that I was wearing on the last episode is a company called uh, Co Eyewear. And they yep. they yep. they make a lot of stuff for the trades. They're they're made from the trades and whatnot. And uh, a lot of uh, tradies use them, but um, they have a, a clear, you know, set of glasses that look like normal shades kind of thing. They're yeah. clear and you wear them into a house and nobody thinks anything of it because it just looks like you're wearing a pair of glasses. That's right. So yeah. I tried them and I don't like wearing glasses. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm like, the exact same. Like, you know, only like I see it as like if something has the risk of getting me in the eye, you know, really having the risk of getting me in the eye, then I'll wear them. If it's something that I'm not like very unlikely, like, oh, I'm digging a trench. Good luck. You're not going to get anything in your eye. It's rare, right. You know, like, and, like if I'm cutting something like, with a grinder blade, like I'm going to wear yeah. glasses. But if, yeah, I'm changing, if I'm changing the taps on a on a hot and cold faucet, I'm, I'm probably not going to wear glasses. You know what I mean? You don't no, need that's it. right. You know? So, yeah, you can be you could be as cautious as you want to be. And, like, to each their own. It's, if they want to wear all that stuff while they're changing out taps on a shower, by all means – Right, you won't you won't hear anything from me about it, but yeah, I just I just won't do that. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, it's so. it's, it's it, and it's a tricky situation to get into because it's just like you know you try your best to be onto a lot of things, but as soon as yeah. it becomes and like I'm I'm not saying for every situation, but for a lot of situations, you go as soon as it's 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 more inconvenience than it's worth because it's actually there's there's a very low risk you know like it's you know there's like commercial sites are a big one in australia like they expect you to wear like i wear you you make fun of me all the time how how short my shorts are you know like i wear those short dude (laughs) my nuts hanging out the left hand side but anyway like i'll wear them might as well make a make a swimsuit edition plumbing you know fucking uh, calendar out of it jeez oh look you you know what the calendar's coming just just you wait it's the 2023 one but you know like just you wait, wait. make sure make sure joey's in it you know and and he's like in the short shorts he's got you know fucking four fingers and he's like yeah i'm doing great guy you know what i mean <laughs> I love it. You know what? He yeah. he wouldn't be opposed to it because he loves getting his face out there. But anyway, but he uh, you know, but yeah, like you know, I'll I'll roll around with a polo shirt, you know, a work polo shirt, my stubby shorts, and there's there's blokes on commercial sites that wear long pants, long sleeves, helmet everywhere they go, like a, a construction helmet, glasses, respirator if they need it, and ear, constant ear protection. Right. That is their day. You know, that, that, that you're not allowed to take it off. Like, that is a serious concern. And it's like, it's not bad for what they're dealing with. They're dealing with a lot more trades, a lot more overhead objects, a lot more, you know, sparks, cuttingable, like cuttable surfaces, etc. But like, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's almost as if you work walking around in a, in a safety bubble to the point where right. like, you know, it's, it, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the, like the movie, there's like a movie and it's like a kid, like literally, you're wrapped in bubble bubble paper. Bubble like, yeah. yeah, that's it. You know, like it's just it's like a oh, movie. It's called Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy. That's it. You know, like nothing wrong. Nothing can get him. He's safe as houses. And you just think, like you know, as much as that is obviously the safe safest option, it's also totally impractical. And you know, you gotta you gotta make these like 
you've got to make these um, understandings of being like, look, you know, this is the best we can do. Sorry, like, you know, um, but yeah, look, um, I think it's a bit difficult anyway, but yeah. So anyway, look, I, you know, the biggest takeaway from this is just like, be mindful, obviously, of safety. Like, it's just, you know, I'm not, I'm not here being an OHS like supervisor or anything, but just like, don't be stupid effectively. Yeah. Like, you know, look within reason as well. Like, don't be bubble boy because it's actually going to affect you, you know, in the long term anyway, because, you know, you'll be rolling around. You won't be able to get as much work done. I'm not, I'm not being against it, but just like, just be mindful of when you do use your safety. That's yeah. All I was going to, I was going to say, you know, nobody's going to knock you for wearing extra protection. Um, you know, especially when, it, when you're in a tough spot and stuff like that. The other That's thing right. I just wanted to say was, uh, for, for wrapping it up, if, uh, is this, you know, if, if you're at a company, don't settle for what they offer. There's probably, I actually have a buddy who's going through this right now, um, up in Maine and he is, He's out, he's done, and there's another company willing to pay him more and, you know, abide by some of the, uh, some of the things that he, he needs in his life. So as long as you have a story as to why you're leaving and it's, you know, it's not like, oh, I burned down a house, you know, yeah. that's why I left. Yeah. You know, if it's something where, you know, you're getting um, screwed in a way, right? You have every right to leave at that point, you know, and yeah. if you don't see it as fair to yourself, then cut ties, you know, and especially now in the trade, especially in the U.S., right, people are begging people to come and work for them. So yeah, definitely. if you there, all of the power right now is with the the workers and not so much with the companies themselves. So if you, if you are in a position where you need to, where you want to move on or something like that, listen, you can reach out to me. Like I said, I've, I've put out a a few different stories as to why I left certain companies here. Um, but if you want to talk about it and see if it's logical or not, or if, if you're just being crazy or whatever, uh, I'd be more than willing to talk and whatnot, but it's uh, it's been a pleasure, Patrick. Listen, I thank you again. You know, first episode we've rocked it. Second episode we've rocked it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I hope to be a recurring guest, dude. Look, anytime, man. Look, uh, again, uh, thanks very much, Chris. I really appreciate your time, your effort, your you know your knowledge, your know how as well. Um, look, coming in. I've only really effectively got three years in the, in the industry. Yeah. Um, you've got a, a whole lot more than me and you know, you've, you've, you've been and you've done and you've seen everything and like, there's a whole lot more to see, but like, again, if anybody has like, look, apprentice specific questions can be asked for both of us. Yeah, um, sure. Chris, Chris is a good man. Like he, he, you know, he's not somebody that just, you know, he'll, he'll answer any question. He'll spend the time. He, Look, that's where that's why we are where we are today. Like with this podcast, is that he yeah. he's actually taking the time to, you know, respond to my shitty little questions and taking the time to actually care, you know. But it's brilliant. Like, and look, I I just want to thank whoever has made it this far so far into the podcast. If you if you're listening to this, give us, you know, give give Chris a like on um on Instagram, give him a follow. Um, Plum with pup, the bloke 
knows his shit and he he does it very very well and he takes his time and it, you get a you get a hell of a laugh out of it as well because it it's hilarious man like it just you know it's good it's good value as well like i i get excited when i see you know his 50 stories come up i'm like ah oh, we're on <laughs> you know but look uh thanks everybody for coming listening um we'll catch you in the next one but yeah chris have a fantastic night my man you too have a good one